Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Friday. Rob Porter here on 970 WDAY. It's, uh, as I'm sure you listeners have probably heard by now, it's Bring Your Dog to Work Day. And Nathiel, you brought your dog to work. I did. It's the best Friday ever. What What's your dog's name? Antilles. He is named for Wedge Antilles, my favorite Star Wars uh, fighter pilot. Well, that's just fantastic. It is. <laughs> I don't. I, I guess I don't know Wedge Antilles. I don't. I guess I don't know who who is who is Wedge Antilles. Wedge Antilles, um, also known as Rogue Leader, uh, is a is an X wing pilot. Um, he was originally introduced in the original films, the four, five, and six. Uh, he was part of Rogue Squadron. Huh. And he is he's a he's a really fabulous pilot. That he was featured a lot more in like the expanded universe and the novels and things like that, but. I adore him to bits, and I really liked the name Antilles. I wanted to give my firstborn son the middle name Antilles, and then I got a dog instead. So now now I have the dog Antilles. Every day for me is bring your dog to work day. Well, it's because you're lucky, but you also don't get to meet Antilles, who is the prettiest Sheltie in the entire world. I'm sure that's probably true. Sometimes my dog will make a guest host guest appearance on this show, like when the UPS guy rings the doorbell in the middle of the show, <laughs> and then I forgot to put the dogs in the kennel during the show, and then they make an impromptu uh, whatever. All right, so we're uh, going to talk about healthcare this show, and I I want to ask a question because we the House passed a healthcare bill, and you know obviously it's super controversial even among some Republicans. Um, the Senate has now unveiled their version of health care reform. And, of course, there's all sorts of, oh, it's horrible, and other people say it's great. And I, I guess my question for the listeners is, what would you do if you were in charge of health care reform? Because I'm starting to think, it's like it's like everything we're trying, we've been passing reform after reform after reform, and obviously we passed Obamacare, and that's been uh, just a big headache. And so I I guess my question is, is what if we just started over? What if we just wiped everything clear? All the status quo is gone. How do you then proceed? What would you do for health insurance to, to make this policy something that Americans can 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 access and and that that serves us well because right now i mean it's a problem i mean right now uh you know this if you're on the individual market it's turning into a nightmare there's a growing list of counties and states across the nation where you really don't have a choice there's one uh or even i think in a few counties zero options for getting health insurance uh, you know it's it's expensive it's not entirely very flexible uh, a lot of it is done through employers. I'm not so sure that's always a good thing, right? Most of us get our health insurance through our employer. And what happens then is when you get your health insurance for, through your employer, and don't get me wrong, I, I think I personally have great coverage, but, you know, that's going to vary from employer to employer. And the problem is, is your employer is really the customer for the health insurance, not you. When it comes to negotiating, you know, what's going to be covered and the deductibles and all that kind of stuff, it's your employer who's doing that work, not you. You don't get a say in that. It's not like your auto insurance where you could sit down and say, well, I want coverage for this, but I can live with lower code coverage for that. Uh, it's it's not like that. So that's my question for you. What would you do if you could just start over, if we could just put, push the reset button? 
and you were in charge, you were king for the day, you were the benevolent dictator in charge of health care policy in the United States, what would you do? I want to hear. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. And we have a caller already. Karen, what would you do? I would do what I would have done already about the year 2010, which would be fix problems with the Obamacare, starting with the Obamacare and then building up from that so that it's a better program. And what does the dog in the WDAY studio look like? He's a Shetland sheepdog. He's a tricolor Shetland sheepdog, so he looks kind of like a mini lassie. Oh! He's very sweet. All right. All right. Well, now that we're done with puppy time, I you know, I... I guess, Karen, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, that's 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 a good idea. But do you worry that we're just I, I worry that we're just layering layering more policy on top of more policy on top of more policy? Part of me thinks we ought to just blow everything up. And when I say blow everything up, I mean, Medicaid, I mean, Medicare. And I'm not saying get rid of safety nets. I'm saying maybe it's time to just start over. Right. I mean. And I mean, replace Medicaid, replace Medicare. Obviously, those are serving functions in our society, but the way they're structured now, they're unsustainable. And I think we keep trying to fix these big programs. We keep trying to fix the regulations around health insurance. We keep trying to do all these things and tweak things and, and change a little here and change a little there. And part of me thinks we ought to just start over. And that's what I want to hear from you. What would you do if we were starting over? What's your big priority? What are you looking for? 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Hey, by the way, Natil, did you see this letter to the editor in the forum about the uh, the big shindig Sanford threw over their new hospital? No, I don't think I did. Okay, so Guy writes a letter to the editor, uh, Michael Martin, and he says, I quote, excuse me if I'm not doing cartwheels, down our township roads after reading state-of-the-art a forum fluff piece glowing about the new Sanford Hospital published June 18th. My reaction is the same as it would be if a bubbly salesman brought uh, brought a brand-spanking new $92,000 Lexus Coupe to my farm and was absolutely giddy about the out-of-this-world interior finishes and the fantastic sound system. When I tried to bring him down to earth with how does it get paid for and really does this make sense on gravel roads with two-foot snow banks, the predictable reply will be, trust me, I know best, and details can be worked out. He's saying uh, maybe Sanford spent a little bit too much money on that party. And, and I got to tell you, I don't I, – I, I mean, the, the, the Sanford Hospital sounds nice and everything, but just from a PR standpoint, I'm not sure I would have thrown that party if I were Sanford. I don't know. When we're in the middle of a national debate over health care, when we're in the middle of a debate over what health care costs people, having a big, ostentatious party – to celebrate the development of a half-billion-dollar new facility, maybe not striking the, the best home. I'm not saying Sanford did anything wrong with the hospital or it's wrong they built it or anything. I'm just not sure I would have thrown the party. What do you think? 701-293-9000, We'll be right back. Don't go away.
Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. 701-293-9000. 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Letter to the editor sort of uh, slamming Sanford for throwing such a such a big hoopla over their new hospital. And, and listen, I don't have a problem with the new hospital. I think it's great. I you know I I don't I don't have a problem with that at all. Sanford's a private company. I'm I'm sure they're doing what they can to, uh, you know I I'm, I'm sure it serves a purpose. I mean they're they're going out there. They want to serve, um, you know they want to serve everybody with health care. They feel like this facility is the right way to go. You know fine. I, I'm not I'm not a class warrior. I'm not out to jump on their decision about that. I I'm not sure I know enough to say whether or not that facility is a good idea or not. I mean I'm it looks like a good idea to me, but. I can understand people like with with the big the big concert and the celebrities and all that stuff. I don't know. I, I'm just not sure right now that that there's a lot of appetite out in the public, Natil, for health industry companies throwing big, ostentatious red carpet events to celebrate something like this when healthcare costs are a real and growing problem for Americans. I don't. I don't see. I don't. It doesn't look like a very good idea to me. In fact, it doesn't. I, I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't ring true to me. I mean, because what's what's the average person going to say? I mean, right? I mean, you you, you see the the star studded got gala, you know, and the concert and all that stuff going on, and and then you're like trying to pay your health insurance, right? You're getting the notification that your health insurance premiums are going up, or you're trying to pay off that last doctor's bill uh, for when uh, you know you you had your last kid or something like that. It's it's tough, and I'm just not sure the optics of that were real. Real good. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Brad, you're up. Well, one, I'm not usually the first person that's going to come to the defense of Stanford, but um, first thing I would say is how much money was that hospital built with was based on donations from Denny Stanford and various other individuals, which when it comes to donations towards the health care facility or anything like that, how many of those donations go towards paying people's health cares when realistically it can say in the donation towards facilities? So if it was paid for with donor, a lot of donor money, a lot of people can't be upset because that's not going to go towards their health care costs if the hospital yeah. is paid for with donations. Right. Number two, when it comes towards the cost of health care, has anybody ever I've, – I've never heard of a study, but I've, I've done a little looking. But, you know, America ranks as – when it comes to unhealthiest countries in the world, we're ranked like 34th. We're number one in obesity. And when it comes to the cost of health care, there's a lot of people that are going to doctor now because, oh, I hurt my finger. Well, you're taking a doctor away that can actually, you know, be somebody that's, you know, saves somebody's life from a heart attack, but at the same yeah. cost per hour, that doctor's looking at somebody that had, you know, cut their finger with a kitchen knife. Well, let me let me, let me me break in here, Brad, because you're making some really good points. Well, one is that, yeah, the, the lifestyle choices that Americans choose to make contribute a lot to, to the cost of health care in our country. Like, you, if you choose to eat McDonald's every day uh, or you choose to have, uh, maybe even on the other end of the spectrum, and you have, a, like, a super active, like, extreme sports lifestyle – there are health risks, uh, you know, associated with that, and that's going to drive up costs. But you make a really good point, Brad, about people sort of being maybe cavalier about how they go to the doctor. I, I know a lot of people that don't have, like, a primary care physician, and when they get sick, they just go to the emergency room. But why right. do you suppose people behave that way? Because I think it's the way the way people, most Americans access health care, 
most of us, somebody else is is the customer for our health insurance, right? Most Americans get their health insurance through like an employer, either their own employer right. or like a spouse's employer. And then the next largest group is people who get health insurance from the government, which would be people on like Medicare or Medicaid or things like that. So right. most people are, are like a third party when it comes to paying for their health care. Do you think that contributes to their decision making when it comes to how healthy they're going to keep themselves or how they're going to approach their care, you know, going to the emergency room when they're sick as opposed to maybe getting regular checkups. Um, well, and I, like for that, on that point, you know, my health insurance is great insurance and I could go to the doctor for anything and it wouldn't cost me, it right. would cost barely anything for me to go there. But I'm also the person that if I have a cold, I'm not going to the walk-in clinic. If I, right. you know, have a sore throat, if I, my stomach hurts, I'm not going to the walk-in clinic. And right. I think the other thing is, is, I think as time has gone on, not to sound, you know, crass, but Americans have become very, very weak when it comes to dealing with pain, dealing with other stuff. And See, but I think it's easy know, because something, something you just said there, like your insurance covers, like, it's, it's sort of like an all-you-can-eat buffet of of healthcare, right? So people think to themselves, why not? If I'm feeling a little bit bad, I go in and I see a doctor. Like be, there's no price signals, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? I mean, normally right. in the marketplace there are price signals, right? Where when you start reaching a point of scarcity because people are over-consuming, <laughs> prices go up and deter some of that consumer activity, but a lot of that's missing in the healthcare industry or, or not so much missing, but it's it's delayed. There's a disconnect between the customer for the health care and who is paying for it. And I think that right. that promotes the sort of behaviors that you're talking about. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is is when when the Affordable Care Act first came out, like, I understand that that health care, you know, the cost of, of health insurance was is is on the rise right now. But I think the biggest issue that was never was never actually addressed is the same thing throughout the rest of government instead of actually addressing what the issue is the cost of health care and why insurance rates are going up they addressed paying for everybody's health insurance instead of fixing right. what was causing the cost of it which is, which is the cut right the, the cost of insurance is based on the cost of care and we did nothing to address the cost of care but let me let me ask not. you this does it scare you the idea of government going coming in and trying to control health care costs? Because it scares me a little bit, right? I don't want some well, bureaucrat telling my doctor uh, when it's okay for me to get a kidney transplant or something, right? I mean, I don't want to be in that situation either. No, and I, you know, the other thing too is you. I've heard from multiple care providers that you know say at certain certain healthcare uh, healthcare you know facilities like Stanford Essentia. You start having doctors that, you know, they sign on, and part of their contract is 10% of your pay is going to be based on patient satisfaction. Okay, so now I have 10% of my pay that is based on on patients being happy with me. Say you're the type of person that works in a area like, say, Bemidji, where the opioid epidemic and the prescribing of, of pills is... I would say out of control, and a doctor loses ten percent of his salary because he says, "I'm not going to give you the pills because I know that that you are either taking them yourself or selling them." And then all of a sudden, they're going to lose ten percent of the salary because they've done the right thing because this guy's going to write a review saying this doctor's horrible. He didn't do anything I wanted him to do. And now you're having doctors being instead of instead of paying them based on the care they provide, you're paying them based on the word of of a patient that's disgruntled because they didn't get the drugs they wanted. 
And it's kind that's of the same a, thing as that's having a good point. teachers I gotta, you know, I gotta go to a break. parents that trust. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting point. i got to go to a break. Really interesting point, Brad. Appreciate the call. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. What would you do? What's your idea to reform health care? I want to hear it. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. As humble as I can, I'll wait. Welcome back. Rob Report on 970 WDAY. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Tweet me at Rob Port if you like. We're talking about health insurance reform, and, you know, the House passed their bill, and the Senate Republicans just unveiled their bill, and I, I don't... I'm not real confident that any any of it is really going to change the trajectory on what we're doing with health care and health insurance in this country. I just don't. I, I, I think there are things that, that maybe the Republican bill could do that, that, that are going to improve things a little bit. But I don't I don't think any of it's really going to just just put us on a different course. And I want to hear what you think. If you were in charge for a day, if you if you could sit down and just. In broad strokes, say this is what our healthcare. This is the way people are going to access health insurance going forward. What would you do? What is your big idea, right? Because this is one of the biggest political debates we've been having since the early days of the last presidential administration. What going on? I mean, we're getting close to a decade now that this debate has dominated American politics. So, what's your idea? Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com. Caller Camburn, you're up. Hi Rob. Hello. Looking at costs and and understanding the costs, the first thing that I would do is get rid of the doctor's offices. Or I shouldn't say the offices. The personnel on a doctor's office that files insurance claims. So that when you go in to see a doctor, you actually get the bill, then you have to, and this, this is the way it used to be, you know, 40 years ago, you have to file the claim with your insurance company. Number one, that would reduce costs because personnel would no longer have to be employed by the doctor's office. Number two, that would make you very familiar with the cost of a doctor's visit or a procedure, it would be an eye-opener to most people because instead of just, while well, the insurance takes care of it and kind of ignoring it, you're going, wow, that I MRI like that. was $3,000? Yeah, I like it. I like it for that reason. I like that it's going to make your actual health care costs, instead of the bill just getting sent to somebody else, it gets sent to you. And yeah. you're responsible for getting it to your insurance company and making sure it gets paid. You're and hopefully you're going to look at it and, and understand, you know, what what your care costs and, and what the, the, the hospital charged you. And hopefully you'll exercise a little bit of consumer pressure uh, to, to push those prices back down. Uh, but I, and I would even extend this same thing to the other side. I want to get rid of employer based health insurance. I think I think most Americans, unless unless you're going to fall to the point where you need to be on some sort of a safety net program, Medicaid or Medicare or something like that. Absent that, you should be the customer for your health insurance policy, right? Because that's the other problem is when it comes to negotiating what the policy is and everything, for most people, their employer's doing that. 
And can you imagine well, how much larger your paycheck would be if your employer didn't have to withhold premiums for it, didn't have to pay a portion of your premium for it, didn't have to employ all sorts of HR people to be in the business of administering the, the you know the, the company health insurance policy? Paychecks well, would number, go up. Number one, people I don't think realize actually what the health insurance policies cost. Now, for me, yeah. I'm self-employed. So I get to pay it, and mine right now, and I'm I'm old or almost ready to go on Medicare, is twenty two hundred dollars a month, yeah. and that's not even for a Cadillac plan. Uh, and it's the bad thing is, being I'm I'm self employed, and this is the crazy part. I can't do a flexible health savings account. You yeah. can if your employer administers it, like for you. Uh, you can do a flexible right. health savings account. Right. I can't do that. How, how, and and how, how absolutely stupid is that? Just just absolutely, absolutely stupid. nuts because now every dollar, and believe what? me, my wife just had some minor surgery and we got a bill for 1400 bucks was our part. We paid it. Uh, everybody else gets to do a flexible health savings account. I got to pay that in after-tax income, so my insurance costs are 30% higher than... We have got to make it so that individuals are... Payment cost is already higher. We've got to make it so that the people getting the care, the people getting the coverage, right, because it's two separate things, health care and health coverage are two different things. We've got to get it so that, you know, the health care and the health coverage, the individual is in charge of that. You should be in charge of that. And I know that scares people. I know people are so used to get, you know, most people getting it through a third party, through their employer, and the insurance company just sort of handling everything and getting the bill from the hospital. I know it scares people, but in the long run, I think it would keep costs lower. I think it would put us on a different trajectory. The problem is, politically, you can't sell that. There's no well, there's no real constituency. Yeah, no, nobody but, seems to really want that. I know, and that, that that's a sad thing. And the other thing that it needs is. to be done. Real, real quick, Cameron, is, then i, I got to move on to Bob here. Okay. Is, is we need to be able to sell health insurance across state lines. Yeah. Uh, so that if uh, uh, company XYZ wants to sell in Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, they can sell a policy uh, without having to be tied in just into one state. I agree. It's absolutely insane. I agree. Thanks for the call, Cameron. Appreciate it. Bob, you're up next. What's going on? Well, to me, is Rob is long as we keep looking to government um, or anybody else or corporate, uh, if we're looking to them for answers, this is where we are due to their best thinking over the decades. And if we simplify and get back to basics and and focus on self-health care, taking care of ourselves is the greatest insurance we can ever have, and teaching that. To our children at a at a basic level, yeah, that's going to save the system. The system is overloaded, and that's what's causing all this. But, but the problem to, is, is everybody's going to have everybody's going to no matter how healthy you keep yourself, everybody's going to have to access care at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, some care. You're going to break a leg. This. You know, they you, spent trillions of dollars on on cancer research, and now you know one in three people have it, despite all their efforts. So that proves that the system is is bogus. We have spent all this time implementing policies, whether it's sort of private sector policies with, with companies offering, uh, you know, employer-based health insurance, whether it's government policy with government health care and government regulations and everything else. We have spent a lot of time disconnecting the individual from the realities of their care. 
both the implications of their lifestyle choices on the cost of their care and also, you know, the, the, the reality of what everything costs. People are just we're, we're disconnected from it. And I know it doesn't feel that way to people because, you know, you're, you're getting hit with higher insurance premiums, getting taken out of your paycheck and everything. It sure feels like you're on the hook for it all. But I'm telling you, you're not. You're disconnected. By the time those costs hit you, they're already going through multiple other layers. We need to get rid of those other layers. We need to get people back in charge of their care, back in charge of their own coverage, much like you're in charge of your automobile coverage, right? Your employer's not negotiating group rates for auto insurance policies, not for your personal vehicles, right? They're not, they're not doing that. You're in charge of that. And that's why, I mean, look at, look at the auto insurance market. It is a market that it's, it's, I mean, there's all sorts of choices. There's all sorts of competition. You're seeing the prices get driven down all the time. That's what we need for health insurance, and we can get there. The problem is, is that the politics of it are are atrocious. Well, that disconnect is causing that dependency you're talking about, and we have right. to get away from that and and take care of ourselves first and foremost, and then, you know, use these other systems, improve on them if we sure. can. I- but our main focus should be what everybody knows to do. Right. I don't, I don't have a problem with the safety net, right? I don't have a problem with the safety net at all, right? If, if, if somebody's, you know, we are a prosperous enough country that we don't have to let people go without care because they're poor, right? We can put in place a safety net and help those people out. What, my problem is, is that we have people who are affluent, who are perfectly capable of taking care of their own coverage and their own care, uh, who are disconnected because of the way it's set up. It's just the way we do it, and it's terrible, and it, it, there's no price signaling. There's no personal responsibility. We are disconnected from the realities of the, of the cost of our care and our coverage, and it's it's making things go crazy. That's why that that's why the health insurance market and the health care market can have such wild swings in prices where they're constantly going up and up and up. There's a distortion. We have created a market distortion, and at some point we're going to have to pop that bubble and come back down to earth. Well said, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling in, Bob. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Nathil, it's, it's scary, right, to hear, to hear, you know, hey, you should be in charge of your own coverage and your own care. I don't think a lot of people want to hear that, but honestly, I, I think that's the path out of this. I can't think of another one. You know, it sounds great to people that don't have the kinds of health care costs that someone like me has. Right. I, I have a I have a real hard time swallowing that pill because I have done everything right and nothing wrong when it comes to my adult life. I went to college like I was sure. told I was supposed to. I got my college degree. I have a job now that uses that degree. I'm working 40 hours a week. I don't have a car payment. My insurance premium my car insurance premiums are low. And I still can't afford my own health bills. Yeah, but you're operating in the status quo. I, I think if, if we can get, if we can change the trajectory on this, I think we could see some of those prices fall. But unfortunately, I just don't think the political will's out there. We'll continue this discussion after this. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. If you were in charge of health care reform, what would you do? I want to hear it. More to come straight ahead. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. I'll get to Ken here in a minute, but I want to push through a couple of these emails. Darren emails in his proposal for what he's calling Darren Care. 
He says, list all ailments from minor to the most devastating. Find a place to separate it into two groups. The most devastating groups gets paid for by single payer up to 80%, but all the cuts, infections, broken legs, and such will go under optional free market. No border, no network insurance. Everyone gets an HSA account that you can have pre-tax funds go into. Interesting. I don't I don't know if I'm on board for any sort of single-payer health care. Uh, Kevin emails Rob. Let's go back to our Constitution. Welfare laws are unconstitutional. Reset them to zero, and we let the people take care of each other without the government. We will do do an absolutely much better job. I, I don't know. I think we have a place for a safety net in this country. But let's get to Ken and see what he thinks. Ken, you're up. Uh, Rob, I don't know. I, let's try to agree on a couple things. The government doesn't do complicated things very well. No, it doesn't. The government writes checks very well. Yes, the industry does. changes, and the industry sorts itself out. Right. What if, you know, you said, all right, people need coverage, and the, and the hospital shouldn't be on the hook for thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's never going to get paid. So sure. a blanket policy, a policy, not health care, a policy from the government that says every American has above $50,000 or maybe it's 100000 something that everybody's got skin in the game to say, okay, that won't break me and I won't lose my house. But that first 0 to 50, that first 0 to 75, you need to go out or lay yourself on the line, lay your house on the line for that first $75,000. Because guess what? I don't, you know, most people don't have a lot of insurance costs. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Some people do. Most people don't. So what but you're talking about is something. What, what you're talking about is something like the first seventy-five thousand. Now, are you talking about like lifetime or per per incident or what? What are you well, talking about? I, I, I'd say I don't know, but I'd say yearly. It's not a single payer. It's we're going to come in when the hammer falls, yeah. and the hammer does fall on some people. But you're responsible for your own first zero to seventy-five thousand. Sure. You go pick Most the market, people, whatever you want. Most people. Most people are not going to have anywhere near that level of, of, of need for care right. in any given year of their life right. um, up until up until the very end. So so now I it's, think you've got it. What this plan is going to do is you're going to have all these elderly people who are in need of, you know, uh, assisted living care or in need of constant treatments or cancer. I mean, most most of the health care that people consume is going to come in the last like five to ten years of their lives. So you're you're creating. Right. That could be very, very costly for people, and, and but you're is. also it you're also putting is, the government. The hospitals are just eating it and passing along the costs and, and shifting. It's getting paid. I for think it. I would rather have that than the government paying for it. Well, okay. I got to I got to keep moving though, Ken. It's it's an interesting idea. I want to get to uh, Mike next. You're up, Mike. What's going on? Yeah, say so, you know you mentioned starting all over with Medicaid and Medicare. Yeah. Uh, at some point. And, and you know, I, I guess I, I do agree we need some safety nets, but I, I think one place I would start is getting these agencies to maybe take a look at the amount of fraud that's being dished out uh, yeah. to some of these people. I mean, I ran into a guy that plays softball, and he's he's on disability. Yeah. For the rest of his life, no. There me is. That I can't do something. There is. There is fraud out there, but you got to remember that when. It, and and I, I think there are savings to be had by by attacking fraud. But you got to remember that's a point of diminishing returns because going after people for fraudulent activity, 
that has costs too. It costs money to investigate right. it. It costs money right. to adjudicate it. So you can reach a point of diminishing returns on that pretty fast. Not a bad idea yeah. though, Mike. I, I hate to cut you off though, but I want to no, sneak in fine. Sean that's here fine. before we end the show. Thanks for the call. Sean, you're up next. What's going on? Hey, Rob. Yeah. I think uh, we need to get back to the basic here. Okay. Uh, the fix to the health care issue is to get government out of it completely, simply because they will never be configured to do health care correctly. That's what the caller said it, earlier. The government doesn't do complicated things very well. I think that's a point well made. Yep. Uh, but the, the key to that, too, is that it bet the defeat, move on, do what they can do, which is changing laws and opening things up to make market-based solutions uh, work, getting out of that, and then understanding that from here forward, just because somebody or some group lays a problem at your feet doesn't mean that the government needs to be solving it. Do you see any place at all for, for a safety net program? It is probably not. And it's one of those things we, I think, again, we need to probably accept. Uh, what We have to admit that what we had pre-Obamacare, and everybody's saying, well, well, people go to the emergency rooms, drive costs up. Well, we have driven costs up probably well past whatever we yeah. did beforehand. <laughs> yeah, Obamacare didn't exactly drive costs down. Right. No, exactly. So we did the what opposite we had was working for roughly 80% plus of the Americans that did have insurance yeah. and had insurance that they got to pick and choose what they wanted. You know, that's that's um, the thing, too. There, there's a human factor to all this that gets overlooked a lot, right? Because we're doing that thing where we think, well, if we just program the government right, we could just give everybody what they need and, and nobody will fall through the cracks. But there's a human factor here where – People make terrible decisions, right? People decide, I'm not going to have health insurance. I'm going to live without health insurance. And then they get sick, and then they're in a tough spot. Well, whose fault is that, right? And and, well, and why, uh, you know, it's – and the thing is, is nobody wants to let people just die. Nobody wants to let people, uh, you know, be be wounded or, or suffering for, la for want of care or, or what have you, but – you know, I mean, there comes a point too where there's a human factor, and there's only so much we can do to protect people from themselves. Well, you got that absolutely, and the government's job is not to protect you from your own stupidity, uh, whether we like it or not. Okay, that's part of life. Um, yeah. Their job ultimately is to protect our rights uh, that we were born with, uh, that were affirmed in the Constitution. Well said, the Sean. I got to wrap the show up, though. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Well, that's it for me this week. Jay Thomas show coming up next. You can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week on SayAnythingBlog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. How could I ever call you mine?